Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Gabby Reese, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today will be a solo podcast, just with me, my thoughts. Hopefully, I can put them together and clearly. If for some reason you can see the video of this, I try to just write down a few things. I try not to be overly scripted because I I just think sometimes it seems more... Well, it's just I want it to be from the heart. So let's start with, let's just talk about the podcast. I, I had some great podcasts. And one of the things that really I, I thought was important to revisit was the podcast about glucose with Jesse and Chaspe, who wrote The Glucose Revolution. And if you said, hey, what is the, the number one takeaway? It's for me, it's, I always, I, I have to admit, I always thought like, oh, this is something that is for people who are pre-diabetic or have diabetes. They really need to be concerned with their glucose, but she's a biochemist. And as you get into the details, it's like the more we can avoid these big blood uh, glucose level spikes and keep that curve flatter and more even the better, not only, you know, when people are interested in being, you know, they're looking at their insulin and things like that, but skin and aging and oxidative stress and all of these things, not to mention cravings and overeating and all kinds of things. And and I thought it was fascinating, even simple things like this. If I drink coffee when I'm tired, what it does to my glucose is way worse than when I drink coffee when I'm rested. Another really quick, easy thing to remember is if you have a plate of food, you and I can have the same plate of food, but if you eat it in this order, your fiber first, so usually something you know, green or leafy, your animal protein and fat second, and then your carbohydrate or sugar last, that this impacts your glucose in such a much more positive way or less dramatic way. And um, the numbers, the science on it showing uh, the glucose spike, how significantly lower it is, and even the glucose levels and, and the insulin. So I just wanted to bring that up because it felt really important. And if you didn't get to listen to the show, I just wanted to sort of bring that back up again and just experiment. I always think, take everything that we're saying here in all the other places that you're listening and experiment for yourself, because I think that's really important. Another thing that was sort of interesting is let's say you and I are sharing a meal and you're sort of in a certain way, a lot healthier than I am, that my glucose levels might even spike less than yours. And so sometimes we get these readings and we think, well, it's not that bad, but if we're unhealthy or unhealthier, there's certain things that are not great. And it's the same with like fried foods. It doesn't really jam up your glucose levels, but obviously that's usually not the best. So 
that's just from a nutritional point of view. I'm going to slide over to um, just some business stuff as, um, you know, Laird and I are both out of necessity and also out of desire. We've, you know, been entrepreneurs our entire careers, and there's always so much to learn in that. We have XPT and Laird Superfood, and, and then we sort of have, you know, the business of trying to navigate the pretend part of, of uh, not image, but like, you know, you you do interviews and you go out and do speaking engagements and things like that. And so there's, there's a few prongs to it, but it's been an interesting time. Um, Laird Superfood, our other co-founder and, and um, CEO decided that uh, it would be beneficial to the business to get somebody with real CPG experience in there. So we have an incredible new CEO, uh, Jason Veith, and he brought along a new CMO, Andy Judd. And so it's really been interesting and, and difficult because as things change or grow, a lot of the times the people who brought the business to where it is don't end up being by their choice or other circumstances, the people who um, stay on. And so that has been, I don't want to say it's been uncomfortable, but it, it is, it's a little uncomfortable, especially when you feel allegiance to people who have really worked hard and you've worked together but you also sort of realize that's how business is. So I'm, I'm just trying to pay attention and learn. And um, it's been a dance. You know, we have a board, we have a publicly traded company, uh, stocks go up and down. And those are also the moments where, you know, I take personal inventory and, and I feel like Laird's better at this is that overall, if everyone is pretty good in our, in our circle, our friends and our family, it's like, this is the way it's going to go. Work is is going to be going great and that it's going to have harder times. And it's sort of like, how do we separate ourselves? How do we not hang our happiness on, oh, it's doing really well. Oh no, uh, the stock price is down or, or just whatever, because we can't always control some of that. And um, this has been a real exercise. And, and like I said, Laird's always really good at this. It's sort of going, well, you know, how many of the really important things or are all of the important things really okay? So I just want to share because sometimes I feel like maybe we look at other people and we go, oh, they have it so easy and, or it looked like that company's just killing it. But behind doors, I think there's always transitions and people coming and going and not everyone's always going to be happy. Not everyone's going to love you about the changes. And I just think that's the price of, of practicing practicing business. And so if you're going through anything, I, I just hope, you know, it's that remembering of uh, separating lots and lots of feelings or trying to hope that people would react or feel differently versus, you know, being kind and doing the best you can. But ultimately, sometimes that's, um, that can be brutal. Something else for me that keeps showing up, um, I've been reading this book called the War on the West by Douglas Murray. I've actually been trying to get a hold of him to interview him. He wrote a book that I really enjoyed during the pandemic called The Madness of Crowds. And, um, you know, everything is, we know this, it's very polarizing. I think the media, it can be pretty well established that they, you know, this, the, the battle between all of us is, is good for business. And sometimes there's people who are complaining and they may not have a lot of facts but they just, uh, and it's not about reasoning. It's it's sort of just about high emotion and, and things like that. But in a time when the world 
at least appears, I don't think it's really true, but it appears to be more polarizing. It's like, I'm trying to commit more and more to being not only uh, just taking space from things and observing things, but also I want to listen even more. I want to pay attention to all the nuance and to, and to be more still um, and not, and like, I don't want to bite the hook. I'm not going to buy into that. We all hate each other and everyone's differences are, we can't coexist because I don't think that's true. I just think it's the way the messages get amplified because it gets more attention. And and that's sort of what I think that objective is. So if I could remind you, maybe limit the intake of too much news and even social media, and and I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon because there's also, if you want to find it, there's a ton of positive things on social media, people giving being kind to each other. There's a lot of humor. I actually personally, um, I'm not different than a lot of people, you know, the animal stuff and the humor stuff or people being really creative, like the artistry, uh, things like that. I think there's something really inspiring there. If you can tune out some of the other silliness or like, you know, the one millionth picture of somebody, someone's butt or something, I don't know. So Um, and not that that's not nice, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes you think, oh, is that what, is that the only thing that gets attention? So I I don't think that's the case. And, and speaking of artistry, that leads me to something I've been working on for, I think close to seven months now, which is a NFT project with Laird and, um, or of Laird, I should say. And his talk about an education, I can even sort of talk about it and still barely understand but what I do know is that if you're thinking of doing this, a project like this, try to work with someone that has done it before and learn from their mistakes and make sure that, you know, your, your, your utilities are lined up and just that certain things are buttoned up because you just hear stories of uh, maybe people coming in, just trying to make a buck or someone, you know, there was a big one where the, the coding was incorrect. And so I would just say if you could work with someone on the first time, I think there's some really cool things about ways to connect with people in this space, even though it's kind of the wild, wild west and unknown. And, and certainly for someone like me, almost like a foreign language. So that that's been really interesting, trying to just listen and pay attention and learn and uh, see how we can, you know, get involved in this world, but in a way where there's like a plan because the hope would be is like, how do we, how do we now connect here in this space? And also what do we want to bring not do, what do we want to take, but what do we want to bring to these communities? So that that's really been um, kind of a, like I said, you're never, you just, there's always so much to learn. I, uh, so my hip has been very, very sore. First, I thought it was my groin. I'm going to say like a year ago starting about a year ago, every time I do like anything one-legged, I feel like, oh, my groin is really tight. And, and then it kind of started progressively getting worse if I had a pretty particularly intense workout. Um, and then the pain sort of would go from my groin up and underneath my glute and into the other side of my hip. And, um, the thing, the thinking was, I started thinking, oh, I'm now I'm going to be bone on bone on my hip. And that was like in January or December. And it would even start to get like stiff, like my, at my hip, it wouldn't, I couldn't lift up my knee to 90. 
that's always, I, I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but there's nothing kind of sillier privately than like, you have to sort of throw your panties on the floor and pick them up with your toe and then slide them up your leg with your other, you know, with the good, I put that in quotes, your good leg. And those are the things why I'm always so appreciative of health because I've been in enough of those situations that, uh, you know, when I get there, I'm like, are you serious? You know, or like, you wish there was handles on the walls when like you're trying to go to the bathroom at two in the morning or something and your leg won't bend. So long story short, I, I delayed it and um, I thought I'd train around it. And then I started thinking now I'm bone on bone. And then I wanted to push that diagnosis off because I've already had my knee replaced and I can't help but think, and I'm, again, I'm sure this is not unique that you guys have ever thought about this, which is, oh, I'm melting. Like my bones are melting. I'm, this is what's happening. And so I, I pushed it off and I finally went and got an MRI. Imagine that. And, um, it was good news. I have a tear in my labrum in my hip and my left hip and a bone spur. So I'll be going to the doctor to sort of feel like how I can nap. probably mostly the thing to be dealing with would be the bone spur. And, um, I'm just glad, but Laird gets mad at me because he's like, you know, you'll take care of everyone else, but you, you don't really want to get into it. And it's interesting. Cause I, I talk to people, I interview people. If you join me on the podcast, you hear me talking about people about better ways to live and take care of yourself and all these things. But I can totally relate. Cause when it comes to it, me personally, it's like, sometimes I don't want to know, you know, I just want to see if I can work around it or if it'll go away miraculously on its own. And and I know it's not the way, but I do. I, I either am afraid or I'm afraid of what I think it can be. And of course, that's always what happens, right? Your imagination is oftentimes, well, just that you're imagining something that's certainly worse than what it really is. And so um, I'm going to be going to the doctor next week and I'll let you guys know what that is. I'm, it's minor what it is. And, you know, of course I have arthritis in my hips. I've been training my entire adult life, but it's completely sort of on schedule. It's nothing particularly like, wow, you have the hips of a 20 year old, but it's not that bad. So I had a solid three months that I was like dragging my feet. So if you ha- find yourself in a situation, I would just like to encourage you to uh, just find out what it is because then you can do something about it. And I, when I say that, I'm really, I'm literally talking to myself, literally. So I just wanted to bring that up because that might be never ending, especially if you train a lot. I think this stuff's always going to happen. You know, a lot of times, I don't know if you, and now that like the world's kind of opening up and things are sort of gearing up, have you ever been more social in your life? It's been interesting to, to be a part of getting to see people again and connect. I just, you're reminded on how important it is, but I'm also reminded that now as we get busier, all of a sudden, I feel like I have less time to take care of myself. And I just think it's, I'm happy to like put the kids in front to, you know, take care of all of Laird's business. It's interesting. I will oftentimes even respond to his business things prior to mine. And, um, I'm just really being reminded that it's important to, to not only take care of myself, but even maybe as time goes on, get creative about it. Why do I have to do the same things? Why do I have to like, okay, I'm in the gym doing high intensity training and I'm pool training. I'm eating this certain way. Why am I not exploring new ways? And so actually uh, we got a 
Sebastian Legree, who has like the best Pilates table ever, because especially if you're tall like me, you know, six, three, and we have some guys that come here to train that are, that play football. They they're in the NFL. And one guy's like 320 pounds. Uh, they have a machine. So I'm really excited about um, this machine coming and I will be using it, but it's that reminder of not only do we need to keep taking care of ourselves, but in new way, in what new ways, like changing our supplementation, you know, we're moving into summer. It's like seasonally changing our skincare. That's the other thing I'm learning is even that. So you would change maybe some of your sleeping patterns. Maybe we get up a little earlier because the sun's coming up, but also we might eat a little differently. What's in season, what new activities. That's one thing I do really like about having uh, young adult daughters, which is then I can learn from them about like new modalities of training or just what else is out there. And, and um, that's been uh, something I'm looking at because sometimes we even get systems in place of like what's working. And then we just do that. And uh, I, I just think it's a, it's sort of like a slow death, if you will. So if you're moving, if you aren't doing anything, I would like to encourage you to, you know, make a plan and take care of yourself, move around at least four or five days a week. doesn't have to be long, just has to be consistent. And then if you're really, if you're already rolling, could you add something new? And that's what I'm trying to do. And that's hard for me. I, I get into my own habits, just like everyone else. And um, actually the other day, Laird has this stand-up bike made by a company called Elliptigo. You guys have maybe seen the slider and we have, we live like on a hill. And so I used it to train and I was by myself and I was like, you're, there's no seat on this thing. Right. And I'm already, you know, way off the ground. And part of me is like, oh, I don't want to go by myself or I don't know how to use it. And then when I'm done, I feel so good that I did something that I was just like a little, I felt awkward and a little bit, even like scared, like I'm on the road, like cars and all these things. So I just, you know, kind of want to encourage you if there's something you've had your eye on that grabs your interest, try it, see, see about it. And I've been thinking a lot about that with language. So I'm going to try to figure out how to commit to, uh, to maybe brushing up on Spanish because it's been a while because I swear I've been forgetting certain things and, um, I just think I need to use my brain in a, a new and different way. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, and speaking of, of parenting, hmm. uh, my, my one daughter uh, came back from Spain, Viola, Reese Viola. And uh, it's really interesting when your children go away and then they come back and they're sort of their own people I don't know. It's such a gift to be able to relate to them. I mean, I'm not trying to be anyone's friend. I am their mom and I, I want to be that for them. I want them to feel like there's this person who's there, but you do relate to them certainly more as their adult selves. And there's a lot of things that she is much wiser than I am. And one of the things that she's really been uh, talking a lot to me about, and I think it was partially, and I think this is her own gift, but it was also partially, she was exposed uh, to Byron Katie when she was 13. Um, and since we've had a relationship with her is, you know, sort of this oneness idea and as people in our brains and what have you, it's like, we're always separating ourselves from each other and from nature and from good and from bad. And it's like, 
my daughter keeps reminding me, she's like, it is all one. It's all the same. And I'm not kidding. I, I think it's finally been setting in to me. And I've had a few more people who miraculously, of course, have come into my life that they keep reinforcing this message. And it's hard to get your brain around, right? Because it's like, it's us and them. And it's, it's all these separations. But when, when you realize it's like all connected, even somebody maybe who criticizes us, or we're in a, we have a relationship where maybe there's conflict. It's still sort of they're you and you're them a little bit. And I've been trying to, to view things this way or, or live this way a little bit. And um, it's interesting how it shifts your perspective. And along with that comes a comfort of if somebody, you know, Katie always says, Byron Katie always talks about like what you think of me is none of my business. I feel like when you can see it in this way, that becomes a lot easier. So you don't take yourself also so serious, meaning like, well, I helped them today, or I did something nice for someone, or I worked so hard, you know, all these things that we label versus it's none of it. Like it's, you're not doing anything for anybody. You're just, you know, you're showing up and, you know, contributing in the way, in whichever way you are. And so that when you liberate from that, then you also liberate from when people, they take an issue with you, you know, they have an issue with you or, or it's just like their, their opinion about you. It's almost like you can detach from that a little, a little more. And I, I just find myself being a, a little more peaceful, which has been very interesting. So, you know, when they talk about our children are really there to teach us. I, um, I'm starting to understand that greater and greater. I mean, when they're little, it's like, oh, I'm getting patience. I'm learning to love someone, you know, sort of in this selfless way. And then as you get older, it's actually ways for us as, as spirits and souls to, to change some of our habits. And that has really been interesting and, and hard for me. I'm a very stubborn person who some of my, the ways I have done it have worked out for me. And so it makes me think that I know something or that that is the way to do it. So I'm, I'm just trying to let go of that. And it's been, um, it's been really interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Ritual. I've personally been taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 plus multivitamin since right when COVID hit. I was looking for something supportive and powerful. Someone suggested it to me and lo and behold, I got, I did some research and what I love about them is, so women were kept out of research until 1993 by federal law and Ritual really knows how important women are. Obviously, if you're going to be selling them vitamins, they're essential. And they conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their essential for eight women 18 plus multivitamin to really assess its efficacy. So right there, I was intrigued and even more intrigued by the results. It increased vitamin D, which is what I was looking for, by levels up to 43% and omega-3 DHA, so important, levels by 41%. And that was just in 12 weeks. So they take the time and energy to figure out, hey, you know, does this work? And is it going to be good for these women? And not to mention that what they do is so smart. They, they kind of hone in on nine key nutrients and they put it in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. So if you're going to spend the time and energy to really, you know, navigate taking supplements, 
everything is bioavailable. Your body can absorb it. It'll know what to do. And it's really gentle on your on your stomach. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I have an empty stomach or after food or before food. They just take away all of those pressure points and make it as easy as possible and give you comfort in knowing also that Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free. They're certified B Corp and all of their ingredients are made traceable. Don't get me started on the nice little finished touch of the minty kind of aftertaste that they put in it. I mean, they've really thought about everything. So if, you've, if you're interested, if you're in need, no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. You will get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash Gabby. If you want to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today, that's Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash Gabby to get 25% off your first month. Um, I'll share a quick story with you. So I had this opportunity to go on a, a trip. I was invited by two very close friends of mine and they ended up with COVID weirdly, like on the day of the trip and they couldn't go, but they had invited, they are close friends with Byron Katie and Stephen Mitchell. And I, I'm not sure if you know who Stephen is, but he's a bit of an unsung hero. Uh, he, for example, um, translated the Tao to Ching and and uh, Lao Tzu's work. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll admittedly say that books are his friends. And, um, you know, it's like his biggest nightmare probably to go on a trip with Laird and I, because it's, it's like two meatheads, right? You know, it's like you're, you're going on this trip with these big people that probably only think about like training and how many calories is that? And, and obviously that's not true, but he doesn't know us. And I, I could understand, you know, that, uh, that assumption. And so it was, a uh, it was a really magical trip for me because to be able to spend, you know, sort of three days with these two people that are, are just so, so smart. And so uh, the way they, they navigate their lives, I, I just was really inspired and and we were at a place that there was real, it was beautiful, but there was, it was absolutely a flat ocean. And, uh, we were sitting with Steven and he was, he was, th- he said, Oh, Laird just must be in heaven, you know, like just we're in the ocean and it's everywhere. And, and, you know, Steven said that he grew up as, as books, as his friends. And, um, I was like, Oh, well, actually Steven, you know, that it's sort of like this, where if you were in a library filled with books, just everywhere books, and um, all the pages were blank, I go, that's a little bit like what Laird's experiencing. And it is, it's just an interesting perspective of what, you know, Laird is looking for. Here we are in this magical place and it's, it is, it's beautiful and, and it's a natural world, but it's like, he's looking for this, this very dramatic Oh, you know, nature and, and that, and that's what he's seeking. And certainly obviously at least some kind of energy in the, in the ocean. So that was a, I'm not a big trip person. I don't, I mean, the idea of like going on a holiday, I'm, I have never been in love with, maybe that's something else I've, I've had to look at because, you know, being still, as we know, is one of the hardest things there is. And so I can probably busy myself to death, but um, anyway, I, uh, it was really, it was just a very, very, 
special time. And, and I was informed by Brody. I said, well, would you ever take, you know, your dad and I on a trip like this when you're older? And she was like, yeah, there's no way. And then she said, well, okay, no, if you got older, like Katie, I would go on a trip with you. I was like, yeah. And you realize she's managed to recapture her, just her inquisitive and curious, the child within her. And she's not, and it's interesting to meet somebody who's not afraid of anything in, in the sense of she, there's no reason. So she's not projecting and she's curious and like she's sea bobbing in her late seventies, going to the bottom of the ocean and like checking it out. So again, I have a lot of people around me to learn from and it makes me just look at myself and, and the way I, I approach things and maybe how I could do that better. So another kind of zone into parenting you know, my youngest daughter is, she's a bright person. And like all of you who have children, whether the kid is two years old and walking and it's hard to watch him fall, um, you know, it's like, Ugh. and then, you know, my favorite, it's like, you t- they turn around and you're like, oh, you're okay. Two, when they get older, if they make choices that you think to yourself, gosh, I wouldn't do that. But I had somebody give me some advice that I think is definitely worth sharing. And this, this friend of mine asked me, he's like, well, do you pray for for her and for the kids? And I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I do. Of course. I, I pray for, for, um, you know, the people in my life and I, and I'll, and I, I even will sort of say a prayer for the overall kind of all of us, right. Like humanity, um, because I'm, I'm a part of that. And so even if it's like with selfish motives, it's like, and, uh, he said, well, why don't you, for example, like Brody's pretty tough and in certain ways, I I wouldn't call her the most empathetic person in the world. And her and I are very similar in that way. And um, he's like, well, why don't you pray as if it's done? Like, you know, thank you for giving Brody such a, such a compassionate or empathetic heart and, you know, great health and things like that. And I, I really thought that was interesting. And and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there have been times, for example, when I play ball, that I, if I had a coach that would look at me and I would be scared to death, right? And I wouldn't know, think I would knew, I wasn't sure I knew what I was doing. I, I probably barely did. And they'd look at you and they'd be like, oh, you got this. And there was something in that, that I remember about a year ago thinking if my kids could just feel that I felt that they got it, that they, they were going to get it, even if they were in the middle of like a very hard time, that that would be one of the most powerful things I could do for them versus I think sometimes when we worry about our children and it's so natural, we we're sort of like, Oh, is he or she going to make the right choice? And Oh, you know, this, and, why would they do that? And how, why would they choose to make that decision? And, and I think they feel that, especially as they get older. Right. And now it's like, it's not that it's out of our hands, but we're not in their pockets and they're making choices. And so I, um, so I had taken it sort of in that way of like, just trying to put out into the, to the universe that, Hey, I believe in you. And as a human being, I know you're going to arrive at the right choices and the right decisions. Doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to make a million mistakes until you get there. Cause I do, but you will, because I believe in you and who, you know, who you are in your character as a person. 
But when he said that on the prayer side, I thought that was also sort of an extra element, an extra boost of just, you know, putting forth that belief in even a bigger way for them. And it's not to try to instigate or manipulate what the outcome is. That's not what I mean. But just some some big things that we all know are important. So that we, you know, that we are kind to each other, that we there is some capacity to contribute and uh and and just work hard because that's part of contributing, right? Is like expressing your purpose into this world. And you know, you want your kids to be loved and to love people. So, you know, it's just some of the basics, not how, like I hope she's a lawyer and she drives her Mercedes and, you know, her 401k is sound. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the, the kind of universal things that as humans are so important for us. And I really appreciated that, that tidbit from him. So just for all of you, <laughs> parenting, you know, I just, I, I'd love to know the joke on that. I had another friend come over the other night and he was giving all this advice to one of my daughters and I've, I'm sure I've also, I've said it in a hundred ways, a hundred times, different ways, but she's like, oh yeah. And I thought, I don't care how it gets there as long as it does. So don't ever get frustrated. Learn, I always say an expert, somebody who lives a mile away and that's okay. It doesn't matter who it comes from, their coach, some auntie, a neighbor, just be glad. Um, because sometimes I think our ego is like, well, I wanted to be the one. doesn't matter. They just need the lesson, whatever that is. Let's just get it in there. And finally, my training, I've been adding the restricted cuffs. My friend Kelly Starrett, because of my hip, I was trying to figure out how not to kind of melt a little bit, some of the muscles. And so I've been using those more often. And um, that's really been very helpful. And so again, this goes back to just kind of, I just ask for help. I'll be honest with you. When I'm in a place or I don't know what to do, I'll, I'll call a friend of mine or, you know, I know I'm fortunate this way, but you guys have a lot of access to really incredible minds. So if it's Dr. Andy Galpin or Kelly Starrett, or I mean, the list goes on and on about the people that are qualified. And, um, and also if you pay attention to one of them, just sort of see who the, the groups are that are around them to look at information. I have been enjoying Ben from Knees Over Toes. I think there's, it's really, really great. So if you haven't seen that, you should definitely check that out. My knees are, I wish I had that range of motion. I don't yet, right? The same friend of mine who was talking to me about prayer also reminded me, we put so much into our physicality, like the heaviness of it. And yet, like, we're just sort of a bunch of atoms and molecules. And so I really feel like the more liquid we could feel and movable, maybe then the more movable we would be. So it's just interesting how you know, you get to these different places in your life and, and you, you have to keep asking yourself the questions because otherwise you're just, it's going to be the same, same so that, you know, keep expanding. I will say also, um, there was something that Dr. Gundry said that I just wanted to bring up one more time. If you didn't get to that podcast, his book, I thought was very good unlocking the keto code which really just teaches you about all the things in your life that uh, create mitochondrial uncoupling. So what that is, is sort of like a multiplication of your mitochondria because the mitochondria goes, Hey, we need more of me, which is a great thing. But when they sort of uncouple, 
you can what they call waste calories. So that's why a lot of times when people think they're in ketosis, which is very hard to get into, uh, they will lose weight and things like that because it burns energy. However, one of the things that Gundry said that nobody wants to hear, but I really, it did hit home because he deals with a lot of autoimmune issues and a lot of it is through the gut. I know we're, we've been hearing about gut health till the cows come home, but it just, it really keeps showing up on how important it is and it impacts our overall health. And what he said was that aspirin and Advil and all of those types of things will perforate or put little holes in our gut. And I know sometimes it's like, oh, this, I have this ache or that pain. I'll just take on, you know, something. And I just, I was talking to actually somebody who works on the show and I was like, okay, why, then why do you take it? He was like, oh, well, it made me really think about aspirin or Advil or something. And I was like, well, what the bigger question is, why are you taking it? So we've all had a day where we forgot to drink water. And maybe if you're a female and you're close to your cycle, all of a sudden, boom, you got a headache, whatever. And I said, so let's say you forgot to drink water and you're dehydrated and now you have a wicked headache. Well, guess what? At the end of that day, you might say to yourself, okay, I'm going to remember this and I'm not going to allow myself to fall off a cliff and not be dehydrated to the point that I get a headache. And I'm always fascinated as how we've been taught to be like, well, I'll just take something for that that can mask the headache. And I'm not talking about migraines because I have a whole different separate respect for that. So please know I'm, this is something else. But the reason I'm bringing it up is he was like, listen, people sometimes take it like it's candy and it's not great for your gut. And ultimately then that is tough on your overall health. And so what I, what I just want to bring that up to say, Hey, take an inventory of your habits. And if that's something that you think is a go-to maybe look at why, and is it something you can control and maybe try to try to, um, create different habits to, to get, you know, change the outcome of that. Um, and the other thing he did talk about was stress and the impact on the gut. So he said he has a lot of patients that come in, especially women where if they had an unexpected situation happen, these are women with autoimmune disease where it's like a, a death of a parent, an adult parent, um, unexpectedly, or maybe a divorce, which is very, very difficult. Uh, I think any divorce is difficult. Laird and I, 22 years ago, almost got divorced and we didn't, but even that was difficult. So I can really only imagine. But what he talked about is he said, people can almost trace a lot of them back to that event to kicking off their autoimmune. So those couple points felt important from the Gundry podcast. And then from the Perlmutter, Dr. Perlmutter, I just want to remind you to look into your comfort level of um, quercetin and maintaining a healthy uh, level for uric acid. So we've talked about glucose, we've talked about the gut, we've talked about uric acid, and he takes a thousand milligrams a day. So there's tools out there and uh, some really, really smart people. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to just support yourself and be your own best advocate. But certainly if you need the resources or you want to reach out to people to get help or read books, do it, but also look with your own eyeball, go, Hey, does this make sense for me in my life? It's not like, well, everyone's doing it or my neighbor's doing it, but you have to get involved. You have to participate and and sort of experiment for yourself. That's I'm, I'm not here 
in any way to tell anyone what to do, how to eat, how to move, none of it. But I am here just to be hopefully somebody who can have conversations at an understandable level and then see if that can be a useful resource. So that's it. It is, um, I'm excited for summer and I'm interested to see on uh, how the world continues to spin forward. And I'm still working on having more fun. That's my thing. Lord and I seem to be in a good place. I'm not kidding. He, we, we were on top of each other for months and months. And there were days I was like, wow, it is, it doesn't matter. You can have literally the best partner, the partner who's for you. Let's say they were designed for you. But cohabitating is such an interesting dance. And um, I'll leave you on this. You know how sometimes they say something, your partner says something. And uh, I was talking to someone about this recently. And it's like, we're like strainers, right? And I said that on most things, it's like I'm, I, it's like rocks, pebbles could go through my holes of my strainer. Most of it really doesn't matter. Like, why would we, you know, nitpick? on certain words or the tone of voice, especially if we know where, if the person's well-intended and they're loving and you know, they care for us and they're, they respect us and all these things, right? There's so few times that the strainer holes get so small that, you know, not even a piece of pulp would go through. And I'm just trying more and more to be a person, whether it's with my partner or my children or in the parking lot with some knucklehead to just, you know, let it ride. And it's not really for them. It's for me. Like I'm trying to make this sort of an easier journey for myself. And I, I want to remind, I'm not, I don't like to isolate in certain things, but I am going to remind the females, especially, and especially if you have young children, it's so important to know how to ask for what you want, whether it's help or you want to, you know, you're trying to figure out your next stages and phases of your life and to not take it out on the people around you, but to really try to ask yourself to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up a lot for the people around me. And I think it's going to come to a place where this is going to get hard unless you're one of those people that it doesn't. And if it doesn't, and you know how to have fun and enjoy that process only, which I give you, I, I take my hat off to you, but I just, as someone a little further down the road, just kind of encourage you to keep paying attention to that. So it doesn't sort of accumulate over years and years. So keep taking care of yourself, get to bed, love each other. And if you have any questions or you have somebody you would like me to interview, please send it to me so I have the opportunity to do a better job. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.